Dan, I'm glad they put you in that picture. That way I know for sure you made it down there. I didn't know if you did when you went that one time. Dan is the vice chair of our board, and it's just a, a joy to have that extended family, isn't it? Well, I want to rally us together in these, come, in these weeks ahead. And I was going to frame up the beginning of a series that we're going to now actually step into next week. But that's because God said, you start the heart of that series next week. I have you to share with your people the heart of the matter for us as a body. And so whether you've been a longtime person of the awakening or maybe you're here for the first time, I just come as a humble servant of God trying to lead us as a people to what he's called us to do in this valley and to the regions and the world beyond. And so I invite you to tune your ears to him. And not to your phones. It's okay, Daniel. You're good. <laughs> um, but to um, really know that I step into 2015 with a heart um, burden, but a heart very excited uh, because I, I believe God's continuing to bring us together for a mighty powerful movement of his spirit in reaching people you love, reaching this community, and for us to be a part of his mission around the world. So I'm going to start off with some pictures. Here's the first picture. This is a picture of uh, snow in Temecula, California, where it snows every year. <laughs> what was the deal with that? I leave and you guys get snow here? And they tell me it's the first time in a number of years, and a few of you is like, I've lived here forever. I've only seen snow a few times. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I'm glad that you know what snow's like. This actually is not Temecula, California. Uh, this is a picture of my boys walking in Central Park of Manhattan, New York, New York. And uh, we took a little journey, me and my two oldest boys. Uh, it was a... Uh, uh, it was a flurry of activity. We left on Sunday night of last week and drove through the night and arrived there and, and did a couple days one at a college and stuff and then in Manhattan and then we turned around and drove all night to come back. So I'm not quite sure what day it is if you want to know the truth. And then we had another all night kind of thing getting here. So this next picture, of course, is uh, Ryan and Zach. And uh, as many of you know, if you've been on Facebook a little bit, my son on the right, Zach, graduated from high school officially uh, back in Indiana. So uh, Zach will be joining us in a week or so here as we have to do another cross-country travel trip with uh, some belongings. And Ryan on the left, and Ryan's a senior this year at APU, so I have my two senior boys there. But we had a great time. You know how life's busy sometimes, and you just say, you know, where does the time go? Or we, you know, just... Plan time in the middle of busyness to build memories, especially if you've got kids, because the years go by so quick. And so we went to New York, and I want you to know that New York was not Southern California. As you'll see in this next picture, it was cold. I mean, we were bundled up, and we were tight, and we had an opportunity to stay in a hotel in Manhattan, thanks to Priceline. Uh, but behind you there, you see what building? The World Trade Tower. That's what replaced the two twin towers of 9-11, and they officially opened it up for some residency. It's not completed, of course, but there's people now actually living in it. And uh, they were 
Uh, we were all downtown there. But the main reason that we went uh, to the East Coast uh, this past week was to visit a college, and that college is Nyack College. Nyack is uh, one of the four Christian and Missionary Alliance schools. Uh, that's the denomination we're a part of at the Awakening. And we went to visit Nyack College. Uh, Nyack College also has a graduate school called Alliance Theological Seminary. That's where I got my graduate degree, my Master of Divinity degree. And I want you to know that uh, uh, I had a lot of flashback, walk-through time kind of memories that my boys had to put up with. And uh, we'd walk around, hey, I used to live there, this is what I did there, that kind of thing. And they're like, Dad, right, yeah, got it, good, let's keep moving on kind of thing, you know. But isn't it amazing how time just passes, boom, it's gone. Thirty years ago, I graduated from seminary, and we went back there for Zach in particular, because he has interest in going into ministry to check, check out Nyack College. Uh, Nyack College, they sort of build themselves now as New York's Christian College, and I'll explain that in a second. But it's located 45 minutes north of Manhattan on the Hudson River. And so this picture shows that. We're along the Hudson River there. And uh, it's just a beautiful view. It's a beautiful campus. And Nyack College actually was the very first Christian college in the United States for training uh, emerging Christian workers. And it was started by A.B. Simpson. A.B. Simpson is the founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance. You've heard that stated before. And he started the Nyack Missionary College in 1882. He actually started it in Manhattan. His first classes were on the back of a Broadway stage. And he had a heart, a burden for the world. Now, A.B. Simpson was quite an elite preacher and a pastor of his day. He was a pastor of a, a very notarized, a, a notorical uh, Presbyterian um, congregation. But he started to reach people for Jesus Christ. He started to reach the Italian community. People started coming in, filling up Presbyterian church. And it just got a little uncomfortable for that particular church. And he saw that things were not in order for where his heart's at and where that congregational body was. And so he, to the chagrin of his wife, stepped down from this prestigious pulpit in, in New York, New York, to start a ministry, and he started the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which was a missionary society and a Christian discipleship society. In fact, it's interesting with YWAM, I was just thinking about that, how YWAM, Youth with a Mission, which was also started by uh, an entrepreneur, a hearted man, has those two things, discipleship and evangelism, that come together, heart to heart. And so the Christian and Missionary Alliance, the denomination we're affiliated with, is a part of that. A.B. Simpson started the missionary school in Manhattan. He moved it up the, the road to, a, I think, it's about a 120-acre campus along the Hudson River, which now has the next bridge north of the GW Bridge. is called the Tappan Zee Bridge. And the uh, missionary training school, this is... Uh, Simpson Hall, which had been renovated, is still there. And as you look down that little path there, it's not the particular house, but to the left of that tree is where my place was that I pointed out to my sons. Hey, I used to live there, right? I was scared to death when I left the Midwest at that time as a young person to go to the East Coast, but God called me to do it. And I lived in the upstairs of a person's house, and my back windows overlooked that Hudson River, and we saw tons of cars every morning and tons of cars every evening go back and forth going into the city. And I remember praying in that very room of that home, a dangerous prayer. And I believe it's a prayer for us to pray in 2015. It ties back into what Joe said two weeks ago. 
God, break my heart for people. Break my heart for people. Not, oh God, make me wealthy. God, make me successful. I, it came to a place in my life where I said, God, break my heart for people and may I see people like you see people. That is a dangerous prayer. Because when you pray for God to help you to see people like he sees them, get ready for some burdens. Burdens not only there's all brokenness in our own life, true, but burdens for people that you don't even know. And I believe that's what A.B. Simpson did when he used to hug a globe kind of idea and say, God, my heart's broken for the world. And some of the very first missionaries of the modern missionary movement sent out through Alliance training at Nyack Missionary College. Now, the campus there in Nyack is a good campus, but it's sort of an aging campus. Recently, um, I guess I could say recently, it's been a, a few years now, a handful of years, there was a strategic move felt by the Alliance and the churches of the Alliance that are in the Metropolitan District and Nyack College to go back to Manhattan. And probably the coolest thing that I experienced on this trip this week in Manhattan was to see what God was doing and training and equipping people not only up on the hill in Nyack, 45 minutes north of Manhattan, but what God has done in Manhattan in opening up a training center there. And so this next picture shows you downtown Manhattan, lower Manhattan, a view to the Statue of Liberty, the World Trade Tower that's been built, and you see Battery Park on that top picture. On the top picture by Battery Park, about two, three buildings in there, a little bit of an orange facade to the front. If you turn around the corner with that, you would find this building there that's uh, pictured on the right. This building on the right, Nyack College, has leased eight of the 20 floors, and they have opportunity to extend that through to, I think, 20... 42 or something that's astronomical, and they have the opportunity to purchase the building, their floors they're on, for like $49 million. They started a few years ago in another building to go back into Manhattan where A.B. Simpson had started this movement that now goes around the world, and they started to build up a student body from people from all five boroughs and other places that would come into Manhattan to study, and they outgrew space. It was cramped. And one of the upsides to the downside, the huge downside of 9-11, was all the property issues went into flux in lower Manhattan. And God was able to provide this building and this facility, and they now have 170,000 square feet, 60-some classrooms, and a premier state-of-the-art Christian training facility. That's why they refer to themselves now as New York's Christian College. Any of you been to Manhattan around New York City? Friends, you don't find Christian College as much in Manhattan. And so this is Nyack College, Manhattan. This next couple pictures shows some of the insides of the facility, which are really neat but just really state-of-the-art, the next one you can go to. And um, they have this view even out towards Battery Park. But um, I found it interesting uh, in coming across these pictures. The next one um, has A.B. Simpson's picture and portrait in the corner. And I thought to myself how proud he would be in starting a movement, that the movement would still last and exist after 100 years, including this church here, which came out of the Alliance Movement, to see us knocking it down and trying to reach the world for Christ and trying to reach such an urban center as New York City. 
This quote comes from the district superintendent of the Metro District when they first opened up um, this initiative. He says this, God has given us a vision to mobilize students upon graduation to form missional communities which will reach the city block by block, people group by people group. We are calling these communities branch communities, recalling a time under A.B. Simpson where he formed communities of people who focused on discipleship and mission. We will be equipping them, coaching them upon graduation, and providing resources to accomplish the mission. And friends, I can let you know that we are still on that mission, and this is what I want to say to you. That mission and that statement is not only for the three to 4,000 people who are part of Nyack College today and the many scores of diversified individuals we saw, very, very ethnically diverse was the campus and the people we saw there. It's not just for them and their training. It's for us as well here. The branch communities idea I liked, actually, I once thought when I came here and we started the whole concept of missional communities, I thought about calling it, you know, branch communities as well. I'd never even heard of that term until I saw how they used it here. In fact, I even thought, you know, maybe a cool name for the church as we're contemplating that would be something tied into a branch. And because of the branch, hey, we've got vineyards here. That kind of thing, I was going through it. But this is what A.B. Simpson did. He did not go in and start a new denomination. That was never his interest. He went into churches that existed and encouraged them to be on mission. And so people who were part of a Presbyterian congregational, Lutheran, Baptist, whatever, if they wanted, they would become a part of these communities called branch meetings. And in the branch meetings, guess what they did? They focused on those two things. They focused on discipleship, deeper life in Christ, and they focused on mission, missional living. Because these two go hand in hand. If you want to grow up in Christ this week and this year, guess what? You have to be on mission. If you're not on mission, you're not going to be growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So also, you cannot um, be on mission without giving attention to training and development in your soul. Otherwise, trust me, and, and <laughs> Jordan Joy will admit it, you will get sucked dry and run out of energy, run out of anything to give from the overflow. Did, did, did Joe Co- did he actually throw water on you in that message two weeks ago? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll talk to you later about that. I'll talk to Joe about it. But when he did that whole idea, if you weren't here that day, I listened to it online. But the idea of what's in your cup, if you bump up against the cup, that's what overflows, right? So also, that's why we do discipleship. The training, the equipping, the grooming, what's in you will overflow from you. So they have to go hand in hand. But if we're not about the equipping and the training and the development, if we're not about loving Jesus... We're not about making right choices like Bill talked about last week. We will grow dry and we won't have anything to give. So discipleship and mission go hand in hand. And so A.B. Simpson, with the beauty of this, as with groups such as YWAM and others, is the knowledge that if we're to move forward as a body of people and as individuals in our faith, we must keep these two elements moving. Now, if you were to look again at our vision statement, we talk about three things, deeper life, community life, and missional life, all right? And those three we are trying to weave together to, again, be on mission and do what God calls us to do at the awakening for this year, which our primary vision is what? Becoming fully alive in Christ and to his mission. Guess what? Discipleship, mission, fully alive in Christ, 
to his mission. All right? Discipleship, mission, discipleship, evangelism, however you want to refer to it. And I just, I don't know. I wish that A.B. Simpson was alive once and just to come right back into a room like that and say, Way to go! 130 years or more! And you're still training and equipping people to forward God's Word, to complete the Great Commission, to do that favorite verse of A.B. Simpson. And when this Gospel is preached as a testimony to all the nations, then the end will come. He was passionate about not just building some portfolio or some resume or filling his life with degrees. He was not passionate about the kind of home he could live in or the kind of prestigious job he could have or some other kinds of vacation trips. He was consumed with completing the Great Commission. He was consumed with having a heart to bring back the King, like we talked about in the the whole series of, of, of the Kingdom Coming. So, what about us? You know... It was interesting with uh, being with my two boys that um, they both have a heart to be on mission. My oldest son has a heart to be a missionary to Hollywood. And that's not easy. But we talked about that even on our trip back and forth. And he's in a senior film project. And my goodness, he was on the phone the whole time back and forth. He's overseen about 40 people this month in particular and being able to do the production they need. And my son, um, Zach, who just graduated, who you guys I'm thankful get to know a little bit more, just really trying to search. You know how it is when you're young, trying to search out what God has for you. But just a desire to be used by God. As I was with them, I realized what I was doing with them was really Jesus' plan for training all along. It's life on life experience by experience, pointing things out, teaching along the way. My son, Zach, he thought maybe Nyack might be a college for him for different reasons. Uh, one in particular, he, he wished they had the premier facilities at Manhattan up the hill uh, in Nyack. Um, but he didn't feel like maybe God's leading was for him to be on the East Coast, to which his mom is extremely thankful. <laughs> and um, wherever God, right? But I, I thought about it. I said, Zach, you know, um, yeah, there's not many new buildings on the main campus in 30 years since I went to graduate school here. And Zach has gone through the same process as his older brother Ryan went through. Ryan likes shiny buildings. Ryan would thrive in that downtown area. Zach was like, he was, was not okay until he got to Central Park. And then he was like, oh, I'm Okay. We wanted to go skating in Central Park. So we, that was the last thing we did before we got in a truck and drove back to Indiana this week, late night on Wednesday night. He's more of an outdoors kind of guy in space. and They're just wired different. But I thought to both of them, you know, uh, it's not because they were talking about the buildings. It's like, oh, the buildings on the campus just aren't quite what I want here and there and that thing. And they met some professors, and it's really weird when you meet the professors and you actually went to college with them or graduate school. And I'm like, okay, we're all getting older. But um, I say, guys, it's about who is forming your life and who you're being transformed by. Jesus did not build buildings to do discipleship. Jesus 
is not against buildings. He's not against campuses, and he's built these campuses, and they called them sort of called the miracle in Manhattan by the alliance as to how they got that facility in lower Manhattan. But we are trained and equipped in discipleship to do the mission by walking with Jesus. And the choices you make this year, like Bill talked about last week, will have consequences as to whether you will be built up and strengthened and full of love and joy and knowledge to be able to overflow to others. We have to make a decision as individuals, and I believe as a church, afresh and anew. Not just because it's the first of the year. It's probably the first of every week we make the decision. Are we going to be formed by being in the presence of Jesus and let Jesus be our main instructor for doing life with him and for him? There is a devotion that's needed. And so it's not about the campus that you pick, boys. It's not about even maybe sometimes the location. It's about who you're walking with to do this ministry. I want to take you to a passage in Luke. Luke 11. It says this. Jesus, of course, had been spending a lot of time with his disciples in the three brief years that he trained them. One day, it says in Luke 11... Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then what Jesus steps into is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. But I want to remind us of something here. These men, and there were women as well, had been following Jesus and observing him. And the only thing that they ask him to teach them that's recorded in Scripture is right here. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't thrive in praying. Some of you do. I think it's sometimes a gift of intercession. I thrive in in doing and taking on a you know a project, accomplishing a task, pushing out an initiative, all right? The idea of just praying, sometimes I go, why? But they watched Jesus time and time again and all that he did. They did not ask Jesus, teach us how to have power or teach us how to preach or teach us how to serve and love people. They said, teach us how to pray because they knew that all that Jesus did overflowed from the life that he had in prayer with his father. And so they would see him disappear and take off and, and he would pray. And it's not about your posture. It's not about your prayers. It's, I mean, about your words. It's about the disposition of seeking the heart and the will of God to say, I need you, Lord, and I want to be filled with you and I need to move forward only in your power. And so I had this series. I thought I'd kick off a little bit today. And Jesus said to me all the way back from Manhattan, you are not going to be kicking off that series today. Because of the first of 2015, you need to be challenging the body to that which the disciples ask about, challenge us to prayer. 
That miracle in Manhattan at that Manhattan campus did not happen without great intercession. In fact, they had a small window of opportunity to grab and seize the opportunity on that facility to train all these people. And they called all the Alliance constituency, not only across the United States and the 2,000 Alliance churches, of which the Awakening is a part of, but the Alliance churches that are in 60, 80 some different countries around the world where there are workers that have been sent out, 30,000 some probably over the course of many, many number of years, actively trained in those facilities to pray. Because we don't pray for the work. Prayer is the work. And prayer moves the hand of God. And prayer stirs our soul. So we need to be called to pray. And so with this simple exhortation, Lord, teach us to pray. I want that to be our disposition as we begin this year. He then taught them how to pray. And in Matthew, it's recorded this way. Our Father, which is in heaven. That's how Jesus told him to start it out. Acknowledging who he is and what we're a part of. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your reign and the rule in the lives of people and around this world. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I was sitting in a church service last Sunday in southern Indiana before we made that all-night trip. Melissa's side of the family attends this church. I'm excited because they truly small Midwest town. I've always longed for this small Midwest town to have a decent church. And finally somebody started one as a developing one. Probably 300 people or so. They moved to two services. The guy was on fire. The worship band had a heart. They were doing ministry, knocking it down. I'm sitting there in service. <laughs> what do you guys do during service when the preacher's preaching? <laughs> My mind starts start, uh, always trying to track, but sometimes our minds roam, right? Some of you just decided you start paying attention to me again right now because you're in trouble. <laughs> My mind was roaming last Sunday morning. In fact, I got called out. By my family afterwards, what were you on your phone so much for? I'm saying, no, they didn't have Wi-Fi in there. I'm fine. I was reading my Bible. really wasn't reading my Bible. I was writing down notes because the man was speaking on abiding in Christ and the mission that was before them in a small town in the Midwest part of the United States. And he was challenging his people. And one of the things they actually did, I don't know, maybe something we could do. I thought it was interesting. He sent his people out with cards not with the name needed, but wherever they went, they would just ask people, how can I pray for you this week? The waitress. Might we just ask, is there something we can pray with you about? Isn't that sort of scary to hear that maybe? Not that, but the, um, it's like, oh, really? Yeah. No name needed. We'll just pray for your need. And so they are filtrating their community with a heart of prayer, just praying for people. I thought, how beautiful is that? But as I'm listening to this man preach, 
what he was sharing on. I wrote down six things that I trust is true of us for this year as a congregation. I broke them into three categories of deeper life, communal life, and missional life. In deeper life, I said, Lord, give us a hunger for truth. Your word. And Lord, give us a heart for expression of worship. It's good to see in worship today, publicly and privately. It flows out of truth. So that part of the deeper life, I said, Lord, may that be true of us. Communal life. Lord, may we be willing to have newness and friendship this year. To just build new friendships with people maybe that we can reach. Maybe people we don't really want to reach. And a willingness to serve. Just to serve other people. And then for missional life, I said, Lord, may there be a compassion for lostness. A compassion for lostness. I know that's sort of a churchy, religious word. One of the things that was overwhelming to uh, me and Ryan and Zach when we were there, we actually were in lower Manhattan when it was time to go home. We're talking rush hour. People don't drive into lower Manhattan. How do they get there? Trains and subways, right? We are trying to make our way around to the 9-11 memorial, which is breathtaking in itself to stand there. And I used to go up those Twin Towers a lot when I was out in New York with people visiting. And, and here are two big holes now, beautifully done as memorials to the thousands of people there that died at 9-11. But we had to work our way around some, uh, I don't know, pylons, uh, some fencing and stuff, and uh, the new train station is not finished in lower Manhattan. They're building huge train stations. They're beautiful as what it'll be. But all the people are flowing out of these skyscrapers and flooding into the train stations to take the trains back to their homes in different places. And so we were going against the stream of all the people. And it just all of a sudden took our breath away. It's like before, you know, it's freezing cold. I can't believe I have to walk around this corner, you know, do this and that. But then in the moment you stop and you go, the masses of people, everybody going somewhere, having a home, issues going on, challenges in their own personal life. And my heart went back to that, Lord, break my heart for people. I never wanted to be called to New York because it was overwhelming to me. In fact, it's overwhelming to me when I think about the masses here on the West Coast and I drive to Los Angeles and the sprawling areas and even how this valley has grown. Because part of us just wants to cloister away in our own little world and and have our amenities and have niceties. But, friends, God's calling us, I believe, afresh and anew every week. Break my heart for lost people. And so when I put this down, mission of life, Lord, compassion for lostness. Lostness is not people that are evil, decadent. It's just people that are living outside of a vibrant relationship with Jesus. And do we really give a rip? We're not. So mission of life for the awakening. Compassion for lostness. And then my last one was action by outreach. Action. This year, it's my desire for us to step it up in our action for outreach. That's why next week we begin a series called Just Walk Across the Room. It was framed up a number of years ago by author, pastor uh, in Chicago, Bill Hybels. And we'll decorate it in some different ways but um, it's not as big and overwhelming God's not calling you to get up and go to Peru South America he may be but God is calling you to get up and walk across the room 
And we're going to talk about lifestyle evangelism and how we can be equipped as a body to do the mission the Lord has for us. And we're going to be equipped because discipleship and training is important for us. And so to some degree, I don't know if it's going to come across preaching necessarily, probably not. It's going to be an equipping, training, classroom kind of experience at some level where we say, let's become equipped. Action for outreach. But I know that it begins with, Lord, teach us to pray. Friday night, 7 p.m., we're going to have a prayer meeting here again. I want you to come if you're available. No high-intensity promotion. I'm speaking it to you. I'll put it on Facebook. I may send it out through our community church builder email stuff. Just a prayer meeting. If you have a heart to pray for lostness of people and a heart to prepare to pray, God, break my heart for lost people, come Friday at 7 p.m. And then in the back of your seat backs on the connection card, I want you to pull it out. And some of you in this room, I sincerely believe God is calling to be a part of an intercessory prayer team. Mike, you prayed last week, right? Again, thanks. We all know that Mike Smith has a heart for intercession and prayer as well as caring. Like Bill pointed out last week, back by the cross, you can always find time to pray. And Bill, I mean, Mike's often the one back there. But friends... It's not just Mike. We need to have a team of people that I believe God has burdened to carry on intercession. Intercession is being an intermediary. Some people, they really don't know how to pray. or They're too overwhelmed to pray. We need to have a prayer team that functions as a prayer team to intercede for the needs of this body and the needs of this valley and for services such as every Sunday morning, whatever it may be. Mike comes in every Sunday morning and he prays over every chair before service. But... Many of you pray as well, even though you don't come in, and you have a heart for intercession, and we could very well highlight you. I need to bring us together, the team of people who have a heart for intercession. And so on the back of your connection card, just write prayer team. doesn't mean you're committing to it. We're going to have an initial meeting of people for the prayer team. And I'd encourage you especially to be here Friday night for the prayer time. That would be a good start, right? I'm asking God, and you can speak back into my life as your pastor, what we need to be doing as a church to undergird this movement of the awakening for people to become fully alive in Christ and to his mission with prayer. Part of me wanted to just take this whole passage and do a series on it. But that's not what God said either. He said train and equip for lifestyle evangelism. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next four weeks. We're going to step into a series to train and equip for us to be uh, on action for outreach and have compassion for lostness. Okay? But that being said, I cannot negate the equal call of God that says this body needs to come together with a heart for intercession and prayer. Agree? Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We know that you have a plan for our life as a church body and for every family here. Lord, break our hearts for lost people. But Lord, may that only be a prayer we pray if we're willing to take on the burden for people. May we love well. May we make right choices. May we come before you with all of our lives in a concerted effort of discipleship and mission to serve you and your purposes. Lord, we thank you this day that we can connect in one sense the global mission with a local mission through the missionaries that shared. Lord, may you equip us to be missionaries right where we are. We love you. In your name we pray.
Amen. Amen. The ushers are going to come to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings as well as those connection cards, whether you're new this morning or want to be part of that uh, prayer team. Uh, But worship team, lead us as we close um, with our thoughts stayed on Christ.